Hello, or rather, good day. I'm Brianda. I live in Brisbane, which is the capital of Queensland, that goes by the slogan "Beautiful one day, perfect the next." And for the most part, our lovely city does just that. Not so much now, mind, as we are in the middle of winter, and our early morning temperatures can go as low as ten degrees. <sighs> Along with many other career paths, I have always had an interest in writing, so came to blogging very easily way back when Bill Gates was a lad. Then, in 2018, I entered a road podcast competition and put in all the bells and whistles, sound effects I could fit into my allotted two minutes. It was fun, and I was hooked. And just by way of introduction, here it is: a podcast on podcasts. Hello, this is a podcast on podcasts, and I'm your host, Brianda C. Although I began life in England. As you can hear, I now live in Australia. Of course, I could record down on the beach. Mmm, bliss! Children love the beach, and most Aussie kids are fortunate to have one close by. There are beaches and exotic places in other parts of the world, and with a few clicks on my laptop, I can transport myself to an African jungle or a market in India. But we would need to be careful that we didn't go there in the monsoon season. The rain is so heavy. I would have to shout so that you could hear me. Now, as my audience, you could choose to listen on a bus or train, or even walking down a busy street. Oh, be careful! Mind the traffic. In fact, let's face it: you can listen to your favorite podcast anywhere. We haven't touched on the type of podcast you may favor yet. You can choose a talk show or be scared out of your wits. And as I get to the end of this introduction to podcasts, I must also acknowledge that whatever I do in English can be done and is done by people all over the world. Brenda G. In fact, the beauty of podcasts is you don't know where I am when recording, and I don't know where you are when you listen in. <laughs> oh, if you don't mind, I'll join you. Cheers. This little episode encouraged me to continue, so I combined my writing background with my radio drama and began fast fiction podcasts, short stories in an audio drama format. Two years and eighty episodes later, and they're still going strong. However, this changing world has brought many of us together from around the globe, especially the podcasters. Not only are we finding an interest in other people's lives, we now have so many platforms in order to explore them. And my contribution is this: an armchair keyhole look into Oz. Australia is a big country, enriched by not only its indigenous culture and its early penal settlements, but the many Europeans who have come voluntarily to the shores, sometimes to escape an old life, but mostly to look towards a new one. And I look forward to bringing you glimpses of these stories, 
both public and personal ones, in coming issues. But for now, the elephant in the room has to be COVID-19, which is affecting us all around the world day by day and likely to do so well into the future. When I was growing up in my English Church of England primary school, we had RE, or Religious Instruction, once a week. I have little idea what was taught, as I usually spent the time doodling little bits of nonsense on paper, whispering to friends, or daydreaming. But I did learn two things. The time boundary that divided BC from AD. AD fooled me into thinking I knew a bit of Latin, because it means Anno Domini. So, if the year was, say, 1950, it would often be written as 1950 AD, meaning in the year of our Lord, 1950. BC, however, meant before Christ, and for many religious historians who only believe in the New Testament, that time didn't exist, or if it did, it was pagan and therefore not worth knowing. In other words, this was the time of the Old Testament. My primary school days were admittedly a long time ago. But nowadays the phrase before COVID is heard constantly. And sometime soon that may well be shortened to BC. Though formally speaking, if we refer to it by its correct name of COVID-19, then December the 31st is the last day BC. And by the same thought process, we are now and forever after will be in AC or after COVID. The daily news is giving us glimpses of how this AC future will pan out. Yes, we are globally in recession. Yes, we are playing the blame game as to where the virus came from, whether it was accidental or intentional, and many other variable conspiracy theories dealing with trying to take over the world. Compulsory inoculation may be just around the corner. Certainly, our phones will have to carry a travel ID app, and for those of us who have read George Orwell's book, or watch the film, The World of 1984 and Big Brother watching our every move, including Thought Police, is really here. And no, I am not referring to reality TV. But it is really the young generation, the millennials, who will live most of their lives only knowing AC. That's quite a thought. Yesterday, the 28th of June, we crossed the milestone to note there are now over 10 million people who have contracted the virus, which has claimed over half a million lives. It is unknown how many are carrying the virus, and the numbers are growing. I found the best site for the update is ncov2019.live. That is ncov2019.live which I have just learned was begun by Ari Schiffman, who is still only 17. An incredible young man and an incredible website, if a daunting one. It seems odd to think back to the blissful BC time a few months ago, when the great threat and dilemma facing the world was climate change. Remember this little lady? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. 
I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you! Well, sadly, people are still dying, but we are no longer speaking of economic growth, or if we are, it is way into the future. But if there is one joy to be had in our new era of AC, it is that without industry and traffic pollution in air, land or sea, our planet has had a chance to heal. And it's doing wonderfully well, if only we can keep it that way. And now for something completely different. Do you recognise this voice? And the message behind it? it. Ho, ho, ho! Let me introduce myself. I'm known by many as Santa Claus, Father Christmas, or Kris Kringle. Once upon a time, on the early hours of December the 25th, if you'd been a good little boy or girl, I would bring you gifts. But now I give them to everybody, from everybody, who has a credit card. Of course you do. In less than six months, you'll be hearing it ad nauseum again, no matter where you live. Ah, Christmas. Chestnuts roasting by an open fire, sleigh bells in the snow, jingle bells and the jolly fat fellow himself appearing and reappearing all over the world in his many guises as St. Nicholas, Santa and Father Christmas. For the last hundred years or so, ridiculous though it may seem, all of the above was celebrated here in Australia in the midst of our summer, with barbecues on golden beaches or under the shade of the eucalypt tree in the bush. But as summer temperatures began to soar into heat waves, the Aussies began to think it may be about time to stop trying to emulate the Northern Hemisphere winter wonderland. So we now have the growing popularity of Christmas in July, or for some, even Christmas in June. But the idea is not as new as you may think. There are two very good reasons for having the festivity at this time of year. One is that it is celebrating the sentiments of love and friendship with friends and family without the surrounding religion. Growing up in the UK, Christmas, that is, the birth of Christ, was non-negotiable. That was until the historical scientists began to dig into the Bible a little deeper and work out that if Joseph was going to Bethlehem to pay taxes, it would have had to be in April. But the other reason is more egocentric. Back in 1944, the United States Post Office and Army and Navy officials got together with advertising agencies and greeting card industries. They threw a Christmas in July luncheon in New York to promote an early Christmas mailing campaign for servicemen overseas during World War II. The rest, as they say, is history. And wouldn't you know, it all began with the mighty dollar. 
Of course, even Christmas in July has its limitations. The fat fellow is usually too busy at the North Pole preparing for his one day of the year in December to attend gatherings. And while on the subject of confusing dates, St Nicholas, that is the original St Nick, was born in Patara, Turkey, in 230 AD, which makes him about 1,090 years old. No wonder he's getting a little jaded. And by the way, he is considered to be the patron saint of sailors, children, wolves, and pawnbrokers. I'm not kidding. Check it out with Professor Wiki. The renowned professor also notes that St. Nick's fame spread through much of Europe thanks to the dissemination of parts of his skeleton to churches in Italy. Oh dear, I think we should stick to the mythology, don't you? However, the good news is that with all this changing of dates, we can choose to celebrate Christmas on June the 25th and carry on until July the 25th when we relax for six months and start again. Or can we relax? With Christmas promotion starting earlier and earlier every year, we could find ourselves just about taking the decorations down before it's time to put them up again. There is a saying over here that if America sneezes, Australia gets a cold. Well, that is proving to be true in some regard to the Bayer-Monsanto case related to the weed killer roundup. Bayer has just agreed to pay over $10 billion to settle an estimated 125,000 filed and unfiled claims over roundup. The backstory here is that Bayer acquired Monsanto for $63 billion just two years ago, at which time the lawsuits came fast and furious. While Bayer has said repeatedly that Roundup is safe and settlement included no admission of liability or wrongdoing, there is hope that the company will not go belly up as Australian gardeners are beginning to come forward with their own complaints. So the court cases could begin all over again. On the public forum, there is a good deal of discussion on the future of the economy and breaking news of yet another sexual harassment case, which I guess is an extension of the hashtag MeToo movement. A High Court judge has been challenged by a number of women who are accusing him of improper behaviours. So that's another sneeze we have inherited from America. Well, we're coming to the end of this, our introductory show. So all there is left is to give you a teaser for next week. The poor backpacker never stood a chance. He was too naive, too trusting. Too far from home, too damn delicious looking, just the right ratio of fat to muscle. I'd like to say that he never knew what hit him, but I'd be lying. He was fully conscious, struggling and screaming when they pulled him to the ground and ripped into his soft belly. Half a dozen hungry cannibals jostled for the most prized organs, bare hands tearing through his abdomen to possess his liver, heart and... I won't spoil the fun, other than to tell you we have two stories. One about a ghost town, and the other about a horror movie. Yet, they both combine together beautifully. In the meantime, you may like to know, 
check us out on our Facebook page, Good Day From Oz, and also our website page found at briandafrombrisbane.com. Anyway, that's all for now. Just a note, though, to say that we have a dedicated website at briandafrombrisbane.com where you can click on the Good Day From Oz page and see a few links. That's all for now. Good day or cheerio.